0: Locked.
1: Good morning, or good afternoon, it's that time, and this is Wad Radio, and this is Patty Holstrand, and we're on live today, and we're on live with Cotton Carpenter. Hey, Cotton, are you there? Hi, oh, yes, I am. Hello, everyone. Martin <laughs> Carpenter is a brand-new author. She has put out a, you know, a couple of short stories and one in an anthology called Chocolate Rose 2. She, she has become the project leader for a brand-new series of books called um, Charlie's Urban Angels and she happened to be the first one done with the with her book so uh she wanted to get the first one into the shoot for to get her book up and printed and into publication and her story is called bubbly with a kick so uh cotton tell us a little bit about yourself uh, generally you know like what do you do for a living obviously you probably don't uh write for full time for a living
2: No, not yet. Uh, We're working on that. Um, (laughs) um, I'm cotton carpenter. Um, I'm a native of New Jersey, and right now I live in Baltimore, Maryland with my husband and my two kids. Um, I work in education, so, you know, I kind of keep this separate (laughs) and, um, you know, do a lot of writing in my spare time. A lot of different genres, but lately, you know, a lot of urban fiction, uh, romance, and Erotica.
1: Awesome. So what kind of books do you read, generally?
2: Um, let's see. I've, well, most recently I've been uh, in graduate school, so everything has been either um, textbooks or novels that were related to that. So I feel like I I just feel like saying that I've been reading what I've been told to read a lot and that more, more so recently what I've been reading for myself. I've been reading, like, some interesting things about the writing industry. Um, I found John Locke's book on publishing a million uh, or selling a million e-books to be pretty interesting. Um, That's that's probably one of the most recent ones I've read. But, uh, let's see, I just picked up some things on my Kindle from uh, Noir Black, uh, Marcus Love, Lady Law. And um, I think for that, one of the last things I was reading um, Little Annie Men's uh, The uh, White Thing from um, some of the stories from that. And uh, gosh, let's see, I read Bliss by Katie, Har- uh, Katie Harris. Ooh, that was a couple months ago, though. Lately, I've been in writer mode, so I haven't been picking up as much as I'd like to. Well,
1: I find that you know. Since you're well read into different genres and nonfiction as well as fiction, I think that makes a lot more prolific author. They can uh, write in multiple areas because of that. Do you find that to be the truth?
2: Um, I think so, um, in a sense. I mean, I know for myself, just the writing, just I don't know. Like, I know when I read, like, other uh, writers' information, you know, they ask questions like, uh, you know, how do you do this or how do you do that? And I feel like it comes a little more easily for me because maybe it's because I've been trained with it for so long that, you know, if I just want to set out and write a flash fiction piece that's no more than 500 words, you know, I can do that. Mm-hmm. And I don't, it's different, a different process than a short story or a novel. But, I, you know, I kind of like move through it and I don't, feel as though it's as difficult as I think others are having right now. But I think, you know, it really does come from, you know, having to train in it for so long and, you know, all the different writing assignments and workshops and
0: right.
2: uh, writers' conferences and, you know, just different things I've done since, I mean, I've been deeper into it since, like, 2006 with, uh, you know, like getting a um, master's in fine arts and creative writing and, you know, like going to... Like a fine arts work center in Crosstown. You know, just different things like that. I've been doing a lot more in the last five years than just reading and looking at things from my own pleasure
1: before then. That's great. That's great. So you. A lot
0: more then.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it comes to practice. Um, we're going to get back right to that. I'm going to let everyone know who is uh, signing in right now. Hang on. uh me ask her a couple more questions and we'll get on the phone. Uh, so that way we can have a little more to talk about. <laughs> so I just want to let everyone know that the call-in number is 714-242-5145. But give me a few minutes here, and I will get right to you. Um, we're talking about the fact that you go to writers' conferences and things like that, and I, I have to tell you that uh, I can tell that in your writing. I can tell that you've been prepared. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> What I mean by that is because uh, I used to do the same thing. I used to go to the writers' conferences and uh I used to sit in front of the agents and, and publishers and do the uh the grilling, you know the, the, the thirty second uh, uh you know, yeah, make it or I'll break it kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And uh I sat in front of an agent at one time and she says um she she read the beginning of my of my book. She says, Well first I wanna tell you that you know, you got you've got talent. But would you want me to show you what you did wrong? And I said, Well, yeah, that's why I'm here. You know, I wouldn't have spent this money if I didn't want to know what I did wrong. And she said, You wouldn't believe how many people don't want to know. And that kind of surprised me. uh, That, you know, why wouldn't you want to know? Um, And what she showed me was the whole problem that most beginning authors have with dialogue. Which has been, and I can't tell you how Im, you know, how important that has become to me. Um, not only in obviously in my own writing, but in judging other people's writing, and in editing. <laughs> uh, and, and I don't, I never take anybody's uh, word at face value. I actually, when they say something to me, I go and actually find out if they're right. I never believe anybody firsthand. So when she told me this and she showed it to me, I went and looked at a lot of other, uh, you know, published books to prove that what she's telling me was right,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and she was. And uh, I, that's I've seen that in your in your writing is more than likely somebody must have one time sat you down and said, "Hey, this dialogue isn't right." Um, the punctuation's wrong or how you wrote it is not quite right. So, you know, they help you to, uh, to make it better. And that's why we go to writer's conferences. Not only for the opportunities, but to learn, right?
2: Exactly. And there's different kinds of conferences out there so you can pick up something from, like, all of them in different areas depending on what it is that you're looking for at the moment and then some extra gems that just
1: fall into your lap. Definitely. Yeah. everyone. So, you know, I I know a little bit about you. Um, I do know you a lot from your writing. And uh, since I've read, you know, several things of yours now, um, I feel that that you've got a style to you and you really are meticulous with before you send it to me, you you read it through several times. I'm sure, um, because I don't see a lot of the major mistakes I see in, in in some other manuscripts that I get. So I appreciate that, by the way. <laughs> it's, it, it makes a difference. There's a lot less time that you know that we have to uh, go through it. The faster we can get it out, and of course, faster that you can make some money on your writing. And really, that's what it's all about.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So, what surprised you about the whole book writing experience?
2: Um, I think what surprised me, well, I, I guess I can say more so like the like romance and urban fiction and erotica writing was that I could have fun, you know, just writing it, um, and. I mean, even though I still put a lot of, you know, thought in, and like talking and turning things in and going back in and trying to give it a different layer and you know things like that that I've done for like you know what I was trained for, you know, a lot of literary writing, you know, it it can be very you know very very a uh, very labor process and you know it you know it can be pretty like nerve wracking and things like that because you know people are looking at it for. For literary, it feels like, you know, mostly it's, like, other writers and critics are are reading it to find something wrong with it sometimes, but it feels like, you know, and then you have people who just love to read, and, you know, you want to write for people who love to read and that are going to enjoy it or get something from your work. And, you know, so I guess with um, romance and urban fiction, erotic and things like that, it's, like, more people are reading it to, like, you know, because they love to read and because they want to you know, have that experience. You know, like, you know, they want a, a kick butt, a, a butt kicking, you know, angel in the in a street, you know, alley, beating up some bad cop or something like that. And and the confidence that she has with like her sexuality and you know what she can do. Um, you know, they want to be able to have like that love story, that great, you know, like epic romance that you know goes through you know time and things like that. And they want to be entertained. And I love writing for someone to enjoy it. Like I want them to enjoy it. Even if it's something that, you know, I some things I write it makes people, you know, sad or angry or you know, something like that, it might be, you know, heartbreaking. But it's like I want them to have that emotion and to like really kinda of, like get into, you know, the work and, and and, you know, get away for a few moments while they're reading. And if they can and they enjoy it then for me that works and it's been an enjoying, uh, a joyful experience being able to write this and, and to have the feedback from people. And um, I think with all the, you know, like literary works and, you know, being in, you know, a workshop where you're like locked in with like, you know, five other people for like two hours and it's, like you're not allowed to say anything and they're reading your work and then they're telling you, you know, what they do like, but then at the same time like going over you know, all of us wrong and what it means or what they thought and, you know, things like that, and you you have to sit there and you can't answer. You just have to be a fly on the wall while everybody's tearing it to shreds and things like that. And it's just, you know, it's a different experience, definitely. Um, I think I've had a lot more, you know, joy with this not that um, I take anything away from, you know, the delivery work that still, you know, um, is a passion. hmm
1: well, that, in other words, what you're saying is you enjoyed this particular story a little more because it was more your um, cup of tea, so to speak. Uh,
0: something yeah, that you... it's, fun. <laughs>
2: it, it's, it's like it's fun because it's like you're you're writing to entertain, and it's like when if you enjoy writing, if you're writing to entertain and you you are enjoying what you're writing, then you know that works all the way around. It means that I get something out of it, and then hopefully my readers get something out of it too.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, I find that sometimes I I don't like writing articles, and if I don't like writing that article that day, then uh, that comes out. It just just doesn't flow the way it should. You have certain days where things flow and certain days, days where you just can't seem to get words out no matter what you do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> that's when you need to
1: go like, you know, go clean the kitchen or something <laughs>
2: That or you have like more than one writing project going on at a time where you can just kind of like take a break from yeah. one and pick up something else yeah, definitely.
1: definitely So if this article's not working then, then get into some fiction writing uh, That's probably where your mind was going anyway
0: <laughs> So
1: let me take this one person because she's been holding for a while I'm not sure if she wants to be Live or not, but we'll check. Hello, this is Patty. We're on KWAD Radio. Did you want to want to ask a question or just talk with us? This is four one four nine seven
3: five six six eight zero. Oh, this is Patty.
1: Um, oh, this is Charles.
3: Yeah.
1: Okay, I got your number, your name on the wrong one. Then hang on. Go
3: ahead. Say hi. Hey, Cotton.
2: Hi. Can
0: you
3: hear me? oh yeah, I can hear you. How are you today? Oh, I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Okay, I well, I'm
1: gonna sit back for. Well. We were noticing okay. that you that that you're definitely nervous because your voice was really low at first, but then when you started talking about your story, your voice went up. Yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'd just, uh, <laughs> just get into that that zone. I don't like talking about myself, but you know, I love talking about books and characters and writing.
0: <laughs> Apparently,
1: yes. <laughs> so, t- Charles, talk about oh. the project. Talk about the project. I want to. I want to hear how. Well, you know, obviously, I know, but uh, tell the tell everyone else how this project got started.
3: Well. This project got started because a young lady who's doing the show today, Cotton Carpenter, her her um, imagination took her to help helping design this project. And um, I had thought about it, and I think I might have mentioned something, and she just came up with the ideas, and and she wrote little sequences for all the angels to follow, and I just thought it was a great idea
1: yes she she did a good job in that too um uh, they were very inventive uh, none of them were the same so this is what to, this is what the reader has to off, to uh be able to benefit from this uh every story is you know obviously based on a certain angel, but each bad guy is different and so the story behind behind the uh now, obviously the story behind the story, is that each uh, premise is different and we're all going to enjoy every one of those. So she took it, she, you kind of, you took the ball and ran with it, didn't you?
2: Well, Charles was, he, I know like from um, his experiences with Chocolate Rose too, he just said like how, you know, how much he enjoyed working with, um, there was like the six women that were in that particular anthology that he enjoyed working with. Um, I know that, for instance, Juanita Richardson and Janice, they were very, very, like, welcoming to me, and it seemed like it just became a bit of a family, even before, you know, the anthology was finished, so we, Mm -hmm. I think all that energy of us working together and just being very supportive of each other really, like, gave him something as well, and he just started, you know, calling us his angels, you know, because he's Charles, he's Charlie, and these are his angels, you know, and then he started thinking about, you know, something that he can do, you know, with, with you know, all these, like, you know, awesome, like, women writers and things like that, and, you know, he's thinking of, you know, the Charlie's Angels thing, and I was like, well, if anything, you have to do, like, an anthology where we just, like, write all these, like, butt-kicking stories and stuff like that, at least to introduce <laughs> it, and um I know he, he liked the idea when I first gave it to him. It was kind of like, you know, going back and forth here and there, and I was just like, I'll tell you what, it's like, Charlie needs to give some assignments here, you know, and... I just kind of, like, wrote up some scenarios for different things that um, angels can do, and um, everybody just, like, ran with it. It was very, you know, it was a pretty cool experience. Everyone liked the ideas and things like that and, like, what their angels could be like and things. And um, just, you know, I don't know, the opportunities and how it, you know, it's come to be this right now is really awesome.
1: I think that uh, if it, all of you guys were feeding energy off of each other.
2: Yes, yeah, yeah, very much so.
1: And that was that was cool to see because you guys were, uh, you know, molding together as a as a unit, the group, and, you know, one person would would give some ideas, and uh, especially when it came to find, figuring out your angel names.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that was a lot of fun to to watch to read you guys and and uh, kind of follow what you guys were going back and forth on. Uh and you guys get excited when somebody else comes up with an, with an idea or, in this particular case, angel name, and it just fits.
0: Boy. And
1: then everybody else got excited. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's been an interesting process with you guys watching and reading through your group and um, seeing you guys develop your characters
0: mm-hmm.
1: and... Um, so that that was been a lot of fun to watch uh, yeah, that particular thing going on, and and of course you wound up being done first, which probably only appropriate, um, because that way you're the project leader, and, uh, and we can get that done first, and then well, what we're going to try to do is obviously bring out an angel per month. It'll take a little while to get started, but uh, I think everybody's really gung ho for 2012. <laughs> and it is
2: filling it up every month with a new, a new episode, I guess. Yeah. So like Yeah.
1: Well, that's what I was thinking. That it'd be like an episode of the month, you know? Um, because we're trying to get some some differences between that and the and the television show, obviously. Um, when you know, Charles, Charles, hey, we talked about doing this. The beginning of this year. Remember that?
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, do I remember. I already know where you're going.
1: And <laughs> it's kind of funny how that worked out because you and I, t- we were joking about it. And uh, then you I said, well, yeah, I think that's the be amusing because, you know, beginning of the year, we were finishing at Chocolate Rose 1. And we got right into, you know, Chocolate Rose 2 because Chocolate Rose 1 took a little while for us to to get done. Um, And this group of ladies that you've got for Chocolate Rose 2 is, is there's something about them that, you know, working together uh, that's that's been really special. And when we were talking about Charlie and you and I said I laughed about it and said I said yeah yeah you're Charlie you're Charlie all right and I said and we're t- kicking and kidding around about the Charlie's Angels thing and I said I said well yeah and so I thought well yeah we could probably we were looking at some work and I said yeah actually I know the right piece because I got like three ladies that we could use and then and I said well wait a minute if there's, we should probably want it a little bit different than the, the show or the end of the vintage show. Well, then we found out it was sometime in the summer. We were already working with Cotton on this. Uh, she already submitted her episodes, and, and everybody was excited and everybody getting into it. And then uh, I said, oh, wait a minute. The television show starting back up this fall. And so what were you, th- what were you thinking then?
3: I was thinking that we should have already... We should have already
1: secured and locked in that web domain. I know, man. I tell you, it's okay, Cotton, this is what happened. Um, when we were talking about this around the beginning of the year, I actually got online to find out whether or not uh, Charlie's Angels was actually, our website was, yeah you know, the domain name was actually available or not. And it was. Wow. And we didn't jump on it. And I, we we didn't know anything about the, right. uh, Charlie's Angels actually coming on television again this fall. Uh, otherwise, I would have snagged it then, man. You know, their loss, and uh, they they didn't. I we didn't. And so when I went back to look for it, I found out that it was taken. Then I said, "Well, wait a minute." So I thought for sure that that it was available. Then, well, that's when I got you know when I checked Google. That's when some of those uh, stories were coming out about the uh, the Dashell new show coming up in fall. I said, Oh, no, that's why it's taken. So then, of course, we had to worry about uh, other issues like uh, copyright. Um,
3: Excuse me, Patty?
1: Yeah.
3: Yep. Had a person chime in and tell me that the line was busy. Is that possible? Trying to call into the show?
1: shouldn't be busy because we only got okay. four lines done.
3: Okay.
1: If it's busy, then it's not showing up on here.
3: Okay. I'll just send them a message back to try again. Go ahead.
1: They could be that their lines are busy.
3: Is it? Is
1: the, uh, okay, is Botox saying the line's busy? I'm not
3: sure. He just, he just signed back in to me and said,
1: he called him the line was busy, so I told him it's here. Okay, because if it's a block talk saying that line is busy, then something else is wrong. But it could be that his line is busy. Okay, no
3: problem. Go ahead.
1: Okay. So, um, so then, you know, we, we just had to figure out, okay, well, why don't we just change the name, change the premise, uh we were having trouble with everybody get molding together and getting their story in time done so that way we could do it like the chart like we did with chocolate rose cuz chocolate rose is a uh an anthology of uh, different stories all in one book so that's when i said well i talked to you charles and said i, said, I don't think we're going to get done in time
0: mm-hmm. so
1: that's when we said, well, we're going to have to do something different with this with this series. I said, why don't we make them smaller books and put out each story with each angel? So we were talking about um, Cotton. You came up with the name Champagne for your character. Uh, yes. Talk about that for a minute. You <laughs> know. <laughs> How did you come up with the name Champagne? And then I know you had a different spelling for it.
2: Right. Oh, of course I was spelling Champagne like, like Champagne. And, you know, I guess by accident we have it now as uh, B-H-A-M-P-A-Y-N-E. And I was thinking, it's like, you know, you know what, that actually kind of, kind of fits her because, you know, the thing about Champagne is that she's, She's kind of like a valley girl in a sense. You know, she's very bubbly. It's like you just don't want to piss her off because she's really going to kick your butt, you know. Um, she's um, a black belt, you know, in martial arts, and she just really, the the idea of, of beating up the bad guy and, like, bringing him so much pain, it's, like, gives her so much joy, you know. Like, if he's knocked down and he's knocked out. She's a little depressed, you know. Like, oh man, I gotta stop playing. And then he gets back up, and she jumps up and down, clapping her hands, like, oh, he's getting up, he's getting up. And now she's ready to go back in on him again. So, you know, it was kind of more more fitting that you know it would be the P A Y and E Spark because you know she likes to make the bad guy pay, and she likes to bring as much pain as possible. So I was like, yeah, let's definitely keep that, and um, and go with it. So um, champagne, she uh. Like, basically, she's the daughter of, you know, a police officer that was killed on the job when she was, like, eight years old. And, you know, she gets into, like, martial arts and things like that and kind of wishes that, you know, like, her adult self could have been there that day, you know, to save them and things like that. And, you know, the idea of this dirty cop, you know, hurting people and stuff like that, it, it just unleashes whatever it is that goes on inside of her that, just, I guess, like, snaps more or less. That brings out, you know, the 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 great aven, you know, avenging angel that, you know, just starts kicking butt and things like that and, and she enjoys it way too much. So probably the living thing. Just like champagne.
1: <laughs> now, I remember one part you were thinking it um that you needed a bigger car for something.
2: Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, and this In this episode, um, Champagne definitely needs a bigger car. She likes her little car, but, you know, she needs something with a trunk that can fit her body in it. So, um...
1: (laughs) (laughs) That should get people wondering.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it should get you wondering. But what's really cool about, you know, the whole Charlie's Urban Angel series is that you can have a cameo from another angel or a collaboration from another angel at any given time. Um, And so in mine, I do have a cameo with uh, Lola Marie who is a um, demon rose angel, and, you know, because we work together, I was able to just be like, you know, man, what kind of car does Lola drive? I need something with a trunk, you know? <laughs> she's, like, yelling over, you know, Maybach, Maybach, you know, like, okay, all right, and I'm, like, yelling back. It's like, all right, Lola movie she's, she's wearing, like, a, a, a black uh, leather cat suit. You know, I mean, it's just like, you know, we're just goofing off because, like, I mean, we work together, so we can, like, just yell over a wall back and forth to each other. But, you know, it's... Um, you know, you'll see, you know, of course, Charlie's there. Um, we even have a cameo from Patty um, <laughs> in my story. Yeah, I know that and was it.
1: funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then
2: we just have, you know, um, the different angels will probably have, like, other collaborations or, you know, something that happens with another angel in their, in their series, just like, you know, the show would have them working together. So it's really pretty cool. <laughs>
1: I joked about it because um, I I told my my boyfriend, I said, hey, guess what? I'm redhead. He said, (laughs) what? I said, yes, Cotton made me a redhead in her story. And so I read it to him. It was cracked up because he happens to like redheads. (laughs) Oh, wow. So that was funny. So um, Charlie part. Now, Charlie has his own introduction. And this is the first book. In the mm-hmm. series, we needed to have something a little more about Charles and how he became Charlie and uh how the story is going to unfold this is this is not your your seventies uh, icon show so tell us about that Charles
3: uh, okay um in doing this. Since Cotton was the first one, I'm trying to figure out how I'm it. Since Cotton was the first one, I tried to bring it to where, how I put together the whole team. Um, This is Charlie's way of getting into the game of almost a secret service, private eye, vision landing type business with all female agents working the business. So I I was trying to think like, okay, Charlie has to have a story, too, of how did he get to this point of being who he was, you know, how did he get this power Mm -hmm. to um, get the women to work and to, you know, become these vigilantes. So that's what I was looking forward to in writing this um, story, story beginning for Cotton's um, story. So we call that backstory.
1: So, so we call that backstory. We call that backstory. So that way, you you have to know what happened beforehand before we can move forward in the series. Backstory. Right.
3: Right. Yeah. Right. So the backstory, as we as we um, correctly call it, I wanted it to be something where the reader um, feels like, okay, well. I know Charlie, and he's gonna send these girls on some major assignments, and these girls is really gonna be kicking some butt. So, you know, not like we're not trying to actually follow the whole complete seventy concept because crime just wasn't that interesting back then. So now we are on some some <laughs> new some new, <laughs> some new crime with some new technology and some some new ways to kick butt.
0: Yeah, so I'm, yeah. yeah. I'm,
3: so I'm sure all the all the agents, um I'm not sure who's following um cotton, um with the second story, but um another agent, she's on me to get her, her her part done, so we're gonna work on that and we're just gonna try to make this a very interesting pro- uh, project for all the readers. And I, I think it will be. I think it will be very exciting. Awesome. I'm
1: gonna put one person on because 'cause she've been waiting for fifteen minutes here. Um, the last four digits is 0876. You're on the line live. Would you like to say something? Yes,
3: hello. Um, uh, good afternoon. Can you hear me?
1: Yes, I can hear you.
3: Yeah, I just, um, had a question from, uh, for, uh, Ms. Carpenter. I was wondering, uh-huh. um, what is, what is her background as a writer and where can I find more of her, uh, more of a writing.
1: Good Good question. Cotton? Uh,
2: My background, well, we can go all the way back to fourth grade where my teacher, Mrs. Bauer, assigned um, that we had to write short stories out of our vocabulary words. And being the kid that got picked on a lot, I got to have revenge weekly on whoever picked on me by, you know, killing them (laughs) off um, like a goofy way. You know, like um, a killer, you know, like the pus comes out of a killer zit and, you know, smothers them, you know, things like that is what I did. And um, I got a good laugh out of it. You know, I mean, like today, you know, those kids would, you know, probably like having like, like, you know, psych evaluation. But <laughs> back then, you know, my love for stories and entertaining people, you know, kind of came out of there. Um I was an English major at Hampton University, Um, then I got an MFA in creative writing from Queen's University of Charlotte, and um, the rest is, I I don't know, (laughs) my background. You know, a lot of writing, um, you know, I did a little ghost writing for, you know, other urban, you know, fields there, and um, then decided to do something out on my own.
1: I know you've got some short stories.
2: Say that
1: again. You've got some other short stories that he's wanting to know what else he can find of yours. Uh
2: yes, I I do have a couple of e singles on Amazon. Um they're well one is a historical romance, um, so it isn't very urban, but it's um it's like slave era time. It's called Of Bondage and Freedom. And it's um it's a ninety nine cent e single on Amazon, so you know, definitely check it out. You know, it's a nice little quick read and you know, it's you Am.
1: Dan Am- <laughs> Amazon uh, single, or is that just Amazon?
2: Uh, it's uh, for Kindle, uh, for Kindle. Um, with Kindle Direct Publishing, but you can find okay. it on Amazon.com.
1: Good, I'll find it for um, you. It's,
2: um, it's a historical fiction with um, Curly, who is a young slave girl who's kind of like trapped into this triangle. I don't know how much of a love triangle you'd call it, but, um, you know, Master Ralph kind of wants her to act out these scenes from this dirty picture book that he has and, you know, calls it her alive. Um, in the meantime, she falls in love with the new slave, and his name is Gus. And, you know, they have, you know, this, I'd like to call it the Romeo and Juliet of the slave era <laughs> kind of forbidden love going on. And uh you can only imagine what happens when she tells Master Ralph that she's not gonna come when he calls anymore. And um, it's a, I I mean I I love it. It's like a, it's definitely um one of my prime joy pieces that I do promote a lot. Um and i I guess it's funny because I just, you know, thought of it as a historical romance and I you know, sent it for, you know, review by this um historical romance, you know, reviewer, and she said it was too hot for her readers. So, you know, if you do like the erotica and you want to, you know, kind of like escape and still, you know, feel a little heat there, you know, definitely check out A Bondage and Freedom because, you know, it's it's too hot for, or too spicy, I'm sorry, too spicy for some readers. Um, and you, you can tell me later on, like, what you think about that. What um, about, inter- what about a,
1: Inters- Inner Sanctum?
2: Yeah, Inner Sanctum is um, a space series. Um, it's uh, our space opera is going to be a series. Um, right now, only the first one is up where um, it's about Kyan, who's um, a stripper. She's very, very um so much that she can afford to buy her own spaceship to escape the planet when the meteor comes um, <laughs> to destroy the Earth. And, um, you know, this first episode of Leaving Earth is, like, her, you know, very, very, very steamy goodbye. That one is, like, a lot of erotica, um, you know, a very steamy goodbye there to, you know, the planet and then like, you know, her trip that's like, you know, kinda of, like breaking out of the atmosphere and things like that. So, um it's basically going to be like her own solo. That sounds interesting. Um, it's, it she the the idea is that she's doing like um a, a, her own little like video blog um mm-hmm. in space because she's alone, um her the uh the, the sleep chamber thing like it is it, it, um messes up. So she wakes up and she still has probably like a few more years to go before they get to their um there are sanctum planet, uh, uh, St. Dolores and St. <laughs> and, you know, by the time she gets there, you know, she's you know going to be, like, lonely. There's no one to talk to. So she's kind of, like, sending out beacons to other ships that, you know, she was following behind, you know, hoping that somebody else happens to wake up and at least she has some kind of communication. So she uh-huh. does show that because she's a stripper, you know, she likes to be an exhibitionist. And um, the key phrase here is they don't call it cockpit for nothing. So she brought a lot of toys. Okay,
1: awesome. I uh, just to let everybody know I have already found those two stories for you and copied and pasted into the chat. So uh, while you were shocking, <laughs> I found them on Amazon. And so those are the links directly to the Amazon site um, to get her book, get her stories. Uh, 99 cents each. Can't go wrong there. And again, like I know, she, she's definitely um, got what it takes to tell a good story. So that shows some uh, versatility. Yes, they are erotic, but they are, just, you know, as somebody once told me, uh, he's a fantasy writer. He's you know, told them, well, I wasn't sure if I was going to make my story a romance or not because it was time travel. He says, you know what? Science fiction people love sex, too. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. So, <laughs> anything else you'd like to to ask her, 0876? Oh, yeah.
3: Uh, yeah um, uh, Ms. Miss Carpenter, are you single? No, you I'm dating? sorry,
2: I'm married.
3: Oh, darn. <laughs> all right.
0: Oh well, um, wow. Hey. Uh,
1: yeah, I didn't know this was a date line. <laughs> but thank well, um, you for calling thank you for calling in. Anything else you want to ask her?
3: No, that'll be all. Thank you very much for taking my call. I appreciate oh, it.
1: that's okay. Thank you. Calling Okay, we've got another one coming here. Let me put this one home. Can you still
3: hear me?
0: Yeah, we can still hear you.
3: Oh, Um, I'm gonna
0: talk now, Zay. We gotta talk now.
1: Hello. This is five two seven one. Oh, maybe not.
0: Hello, can y'all hear me?
1: Hello, this is five two seven
0: one. Yes, it is. It's Lisa Perry from Word on the Street. What y'all up to today?
1: Well, we're all talking. We're just sitting around, you know, we're just talking to Cotton about her her work and her uh, her writing. Okay. Want to ask, okay. ask her anything? No, I
0: just, actually, I just called in the show Love, the Charles, Patty, and uh, Cotton because I see them on Facebook all the time. But um, I think this story is going to be great. I can't wait to get Chocolate Rose too and check this out. Oh, yeah. She's got the,
1: her, her story is the first one in the book.
0: Okay. I will definitely be getting it from Charles. He knows that. But I hope you all have a blessed day. I would stay on longer, but it's about to pour down here in Atlanta. So. Okay. Okay. Right. Thank you y'all for coming. a blessed day. Thank you.
1: Bye. Uh, Cotton, wanna tell a little bit about the story? Your story in uh, Chocolate Rose Two. Uh,
2: in Chocolate Rose Two, my story is called Trigger. Um, uh, Trigger is about uh, The main character in Trigger Her name is Delaney um, And she kind of like catches the love of her life You know, holding hands with another girl And it's It just becomes very, very important to her To She can't erase the memories that she has of them But she wants to replace them And so basically she kind of like Incorporates his best friend To help her, you know, make better memories Throughout her apartment throughout the day, um, <laughs> so another <laughs> one of those stories, um, <laughs> it's very very steamy there, um, as she kind of like, you know, um, lets him outdo do everything that, you know, the ex-boyfriend, you know, has ever been able to do, so, um, you know, that's, it's kind of cool, because at the end, they, they just kind of like fall in love there, because she finds out that he always had feelings for her, but he just backed off, because, you know, his best friend kind of got to her first.
0: Yes, uh,
1: it, was, it was a good story, too. It was a good story. Uh, Charles, did you want to say something?
3: Uh, about chocolate rolls too?
1: Well, I, I know you were trying me in. Is, is it because you, you wanted to say something about the uh, the dating service that we got going on here?
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Uh, I just got one question for Cotton. Are you single? <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna hang it up now. <laughs> no, actually actually um I took uh, from that. that
1: you know, that's good.
3: <laughs> that's right, that's right. I'm just I'm, I mean, I'm I feel so so blessed to have cotton um on the team and and the rest of the angels, I think everybody is doing a fantastic job. We might have a few um, new Angels Coming Aboard, that I'm probably going to um, steer more to writing for Chocolate Rose Three before the Angels mm-hmm. Project. But, um, yes, we do, from, from seeing this thing develop from the first book, which took, I want to say, probably a year, and I never stopped thinking about this, to get out knowing, and me and Patty both know that mm-hmm. um, Underground AZ Publications is probably – the fastest, most professional way that I've seen in the industry to get a book from A to Z. And Chocolate Rose, one, took about a year to get out, dealing with all the different personalities and all the different issues. Um, But after that, Chocolate Rose 2 was just like, man, it was just like a breath of fresh air. Yeah, well, it It
0: clicked.
3: It clicked. It was like a real breath of fresh air to deal with, you know, um, GPA once again, Gerald Allen out of Chicago, Juanita again out of Arkansas, and um, a few of the other writers that, you know, came back and decided to stay around for part two. And meeting Deanna, who was Cotton's friend in the same city, was like, wow, okay, she's, I have this other friend here who wants to do it, and then I met Cotton, and her mind was just, Clicking on all cylinders, um, and it, it kind of like inspired me to keep this going because I really wanted to give up um, all this other stuff dealing with other authors. Um, but I think the angels probably kept me kept me strong as far as keeping my drive alive to help other authors, um, and that and that was a blessing. So, yeah, and Patty, you know, at one time I was just like, well, I'm done. I'm yeah. done. I'm writing 25, 30 books of my own, and I'm done. And But the angels really kept me on my toes and motivated to help other people. Um, you know, I'm more of, you know, Patty's more of a, per, she's more of a paperwork person, and I'm more of a handshake person. And I guess people in life, they've been through so much, and they've been taken advantage of so much that, if, you know, certain things they see, certain things they hear is really unbelievable to them. But, you yeah. know, I'm telling you, what I do, what I do is real. It's, it's, it's real, and I'm really here to help you. If you want to write, if you're a new writer, old writer, whatever kind of writer you are, I'm here to help you, and we have people in place to make you better. Um, you know, one of my angels now, she was she was not the greatest writer, but she was the greatest listener, and her writing is coming along very, very well. You know, so yes.
0: I just want to say yes. again,
3: uh, it's it's, a, it's such a pleasure being a part of what the angels got going on. And, you know, we're going to make it work. We're going to see more angel stories. We're going to see Chocolate Road. Chocolate Road will probably never quit before you know there's going to be a volume one one So I, I just Definitely. want to say thanks, Bobby. It. No,
0: it's
1: okay. It's okay. Uh, you know, when I... Um, Chocolate Rose has been one of those projects that, yeah, it took us a while to get the first one out. Uh, but it does get easier, I think, after the first one on any new project. Uh, that's just the way it is. It's kind of like starting a new blog, you know. They say it takes like 18 months, to actually, start seeing a, a, enough traffic. And I'm I'm finding that that's the case with everything. It's, uh, the Internet is just so... So bogged down with crap, you know. That and there's so many people out there pushing that kind of stuff into, uh, you know, their stories are are not developed enough. They're not. As soon as they're done writing, they want to get done. Uh, they get too fast. Uh, they're trying to get trying to make money, but they don't understand they got to have a product first. So you know, we kind of take it as yes, we're gonna we're gonna get this out pretty quick. But you got to understand that there's a process here that you still, even though we're not a traditional publisher, uh, in a sense that we don't pay for your whole way, we do uh, take take you by the hand and say, okay, this is what we have to do. There's still there's still a lot of steps that traditional publishers do that is there for a reason. And it's because they have always understood that it's the book and the author uh, that get that that make the book. And if you don't have a good story and not written well, then it's never going to go any further. And that doesn't help anybody. And I've seen, uh, you know, if you're in the, in the bookstore, uh, you've got you've got six weeks to make it or break it. Six weeks. and your books will be pulled off the shelf, sent back to the publisher at the publisher's expense. And most of those books are never sellable again, I know from experience, because I've gotten them back with food on them, uh, they're bent up, people write in them. I mean, there's just no respect at all out there for products. Um, And so they're no longer sellable. So these are the kind of things that, you know, this, this business has had to deal with. We're um, talking about the publishing industry as a whole. is is broken. And we're trying to fix it, but it's it's going to be... It. <laughs> we're all going through labor pain, so to speak. And it's just like a book. I know we we thought, brought this up before, but a book is, is like giving birth. It's a child. And you're proud of that child, but you know you still obviously say how to it has to nurture, has to grow uh then you have to give birth to that child, and then you have to see it grow and have to actually work with it on the you know you can't just have a child and set it out to the side. That's not how it works. you have to consistently work with the child, and that's in marketing and Get people to notice that child and help and and be there to help that child as well, it's like teachers so it's just like life you know, you have to take that that child that book and nurture it and keep working with it and so a series is the same way you know you you have a little a little offspring on a regular basis. <laughs> So it is a process that you you can't you can't cut corners in order to make a good product. So Cotton, I've got a couple more questions for you. Are you ready? (laughs) Apart from writing, and this is more personal, apart from writing, what other endeavors or hobbies are you involved in?
2: Question um, <laughs> I really feel like writing and reading and the whole business of it just seems like you know that's it you know i I don't know i i I mean I like doing things that are creative um I like you know to decorate the house I like to you know cook like a big meal that everybody's gonna eat and enjoy it rather than you know just a little bit of something for myself. Or you know lunches for the kids, um, but you know I, I don't know. It's like I feel like everything always like leads back or points back to the writing, and I, you know everything. That doesn't even
1: happen back. to you. I do know that you've got a another project that we're working on. Yes, yeah,
2: yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. So and that's have, kind um,
1: of a that's kind of a hobby for you right now. It, I would say I mean, it
2: is, but at the same time, it just feels like you know so much of life <laughs> like it's a big part of me that it just seems like another facet. Um, I have two children, um, they go to, um, like, their school trips are going actually overseas. So I've, uh, my son is about to go to France, and it's one of those things where, you know, you have to do fundraisers, and so, you know, there's an idea that we started writing together um, a children's book, you know, based on, like, you know, i asked him ideas. It was mostly just, you know, something that we were doing, like, a couple years ago just to kind of increase literacy and, you know, things like that to keep him, like, thinking about, you know, like, writing and language and things like that so that he'd do better in school. And so, you know, his ideas were, you know, coming out and things like that. So I was like, okay, yeah, and then we can do this and we can do that. And then we just started, like, you know, I was kind of using his ideas and writing a few chapters and letting him, like, read over it and things like that. So he kind of, like, lost interest in the project. Um, my my husband's a musician, and like the kids actually have like a bigger musical side
0: <laughs> than like
2: any of the, the writing. My daughter's the one that does a little more stories and things like that. Um, so he got more to the music side, but I still had like this really cool story to work with, and um, we we're just thinking about like how in the world we're gonna be able to afford to get him to France, um, <laughs> you know, in a few months, and yeah. I was like so we have to bring the price down. I thought about, you know, doing it as a as a fundraiser, and you know, we can like maybe get the whole school involved in like reading it together, and you know, having a book club meeting, and you know, things like that. But you know, I I want to donate anything that I made off of it to bring down the price, so more kids can go on the trip.
1: Yeah, that's that's definitely a thing to do, and that's a great idea. When I heard it said, yeah, children's story, you tell me about the premise, and I said, yeah, that's cute. I like the idea, and uh, so I'm happy to help you on there. What would you say to someone thinking about becoming a writer, since you're talking about your kids?
2: Um, I I really would say to to go for it and, it, it I guess, to think about what you want out of it. Um, I, I really recommend writing out things like writing for therapy. So if you're just going through some things and you're not sure or you're frustrated, it's like definitely write it out. Um, I'm not big on keeping a journal. I actually write more stories that might, you know, incorporate different things that I'm might be, you know, going through or that might be stressing me out or you know something like that. So it may not be exactly my story, but like because now I'm in control of it, I can do what I want with it. I can have someone give me the I'm sorry that I'm looking for. I can, you know, have a better ending. I can, you know, what I should have said. You know, I can <laughs> my character can say that or you know something like that. I can didn't happen, and, like, I mean, if you're just looking for writing and you're not sure about it or, you know, things like that, it's, like, I definitely recommend it because, you know, it can save you. Um, Mm -hmm. Writing in the business and things like that, it's, like, you know, just do your research and and always try to grow and and hone your craft. Um, I mean, a lot of people have a great story to tell, but it's really, you know, um, if you can't get through, like, that first few pages, you know, or, or giving it to someone in a way that, you know, they 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 want to read it, you know, um, they're going to put the book down. They're not going to get to the end of the story. They're not going to see where, you know, what's beautiful about your story or, or your part. So usually, you know, taking a few classes or, you know, reading other books, you know, things like that can definitely make you a better writer so that people can get, you know, that gift that you have. They can get that message that you want to get out there. So I definitely did exactly. before it, but really put in some time and some work and effort into it because it's, it actually is going to pay off more. So in the end, even if it, it's like that one person that says, "I really, really, really like got something from that book that you you wrote or that story that you wrote," it really saved me or it really helped me, and you may not have made any money on it, but it did something.
1: Awesome. Uh, what do you, the hardest part about writing this particular story for Charlie's Urban Angels?
2: Um, because
1: that's the biggest piece you've done, I think, so far, right?
2: No, I mean, not, like, for, like, all of, you know, for, um, for Charlie or for, you know, Underground Publishing and things like that. It's, like, the biggest piece I've so far. Um, I, I really don't want to be the person that, like, said that it really was kind of easy <laughs> to do, but I just, like, had fun with it and just wrote with it and, um, I guess it was more so just the, the editing process, just going over it and, like, realizing that I can give it, you know, more layers and it doesn't just have to be, like, a really fun story. It can actually have um, a little bit of a message, uh, a point that can, you know, actually speak to people on a different level. Um, I don't know, like, how people are going to respond to it when they read it. I only hope that they see more of what, you know, I wanted to give them. Um, so with that, um, you know, even though I felt like this, you know, I, I, I'm like one of those um, – what do you call it? You know, uh you just like you, you get it all out first, you know, like I write it all right. out first and then right. I go back in. Um so I don't you know, I, I will just you know, just keep writing and go through with the story and kinda of like get from my you know, my beginning to my end. Um and so, you know, that might be fast and you might consider it easy, but then it's like I guess the harder work is when I go back in You're and I don't it. really kind of yeah, to, yeah <laughs> edit it and bring it to uh, a different dimension.
1: I call that the, the Ray Bradbury way of writing, because yeah. uh, he, he advised me a long time ago. Advised a bunch of people a long time ago, back in 1987 when I met him for the first time. Is that you sit down, and you write this, you know, you write the whole story out. You don't stop. You don't make edits. You, you know, because back then he was writing from a uh, from an electric typewriter. Mm-hmm. And, and so he kept putting dimes into the typewriter and kept having to you know, he had a roll of dimes. He had to get that story done in that roll of dimes. <laughs> so he kept popping those dime in there and he kept having to type in and he couldn't stop. So he said get everything out first and then leave it alone for a day or two if you can, and then go in and you edit, edit and edit. So that's that's yeah he kept, he would always have one story done every week uh, that he could actually get out and uh, sell the next the next week he, every week that process that's how he became one of the best short story authors in my opinion of all time so, um, so that's why I call it Ray Bradbury way of writing you get get everything out first and then you go back and edit so yeah I think the editing It's the toughest part, don't you think?
2: It it definitely can be. Um, It's It's just not any fun.
1: It's not as much fun as getting the story out, you
2: know? It's not as fun (laughs) as getting the story out. I mean, I like when I edit and I realize that it's like, oh, wow, I didn't realize I did that, you know, and it's like I can do so much more with this or, you know, something like that. So sometimes I get a little bit of a thrill out of editing. But um, it's usually I think my my bigger panics or whatever comes from, you know, like I, at first I feel like I can't wait till everyone reads it. And then, you know, oh, my gosh, everyone's reading it. And then it's like, you know, panic. <laughs> it's like one of those things, like I used to, like with workshopping stories and things like that, I like called it, it's like, um, it's like standing there, like, naked in front of a room full of people and, like, waiting uh-huh. for someone to tell you that one boob is bigger than the other. You know, it's just like one of, <laughs> like one of those things, you know. <laughs> <I don't laughs> and so you can't do anything fight now. It's like, now it belongs to them to make their, you know, to take what they want from it and, you know, things like that. And, you know, you don't want to take everything personally, but, you know, it, it is your baby and things like that. You know, you don't want someone to say that your kid has big ears or, you know, it's just like stuff like that. And yeah. um, I think, like, the mama panic, you know, comes in there where I get, you know, I want to be, like, defensive over something. But at the same time, I know that, you know, as an artist, um, I can just bring it to you. And then, like, what you want to do with it from there or how you want to take it or what you want to make from it is yours. And um, hopefully, you know, it's enjoyable and <laughs> that you like
0: it <laughs> in the end. Yeah.
1: I, <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to... Um temporarily in a writing group that the leader said, "Well, okay, you can't defend your work. we're going to want to read it, and then we'll we'll tell you what we need to tell you and but you can't defend your work and I'm going like, What are you saying? You know, <laughs> I don't think that's physically possible, yeah, you know, uh, because again, we get so connected to the story if we're doing it right, we're getting connected to the story. If we're not doing it right, then we're not connected, and then you know we really don't care what you say about it, or as much. That uh, if you're really doing it right, then you're going to be connected to that story, and so because of that, we are going to be defensive no matter what, no matter what you say. So that's uh, uh Have any dreams been realized as a result of your writing?
0: Um.
2: I, you know, I'm, I'm really,
1: um, or are you still working on that?
2: Shocked. Yeah, I'm still working on it, but I'm always shocked when I guess like someone actually read something and, and liked it or the support, you know, that you get, like, um, the, the board, uh, I mean, the, the message about the show and, um, I always feel weird about, I'm, like, the worst marketing huffler person, you know, because I always feel like, I'm, you know, I'm bothering people by letting them know, like, oh, this, come listen to the show, you know, something like that. And, like, seeing, like, people respond and, you know, like, they, you know, even if it's, like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't be there or I can't make it, you know, something like that. But, you know, that people will respond it and, you know, um, those that are listening or called in or, you know, like, made mentions on the boards and things like that. Um, I don't know. Stuff like that is really, like, touching to me. And I don't want yeah. to cry, but it's like it's, I'm, always, I'm always surprised by that. And um, yeah. I guess that's for, like, my dreams and things like that. It's like I just want to be able to write and, like, live on writing. It's That's, like, something that I just want to do. It's, I don't know. It's like I look at everything else and, you know... Uh, going back to school to, you know, get, like, you know, your teaching degree and, you know, things like that. It all sounds great, and then it's like I just feel like, you know, but I just want to write, and it just always comes back to that. So I'm hoping that one day be in that position where, you know, I can just live on my writing, and that's my dream.
1: Yeah. A lot of us like that idea. It's, it takes a lot of uh, a lot of writing. I do know some writers who uh, have already have had careers and they pulled their rights from the big publishers. They're no longer publishing at all with the big publishers and are putting out short stories and, and books on a regular basis. And they're making money. But again, they were already decent names to begin with. So it's just a hard market because there's so much stuff out there. So I'm hoping that, I think what's happening is we're, we're it's sifting. It's kind of like we put all the flour into the sifter at once.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so it's being shaken a little bit. And so all the stuff that, you know, people are going to read but don't really like, uh, and vice versa, is, is is going through right now. Uh, what's left is going to be those who are resilient enough who can say the market? Who can you know spend the time to do what they need to do? If they have a, a good story and and written decently, they're going to still be there in uh, in that sister when everything else has fallen through. Mm-hmm. So that's you know, heaven knows, last year was really tough on Charles and I. Right, Charles? Absolutely. And uh, for a while, there, I didn't think either of us were gonna make it um it was twenty ten was just really bad for uh everybody in the in u s but um publishing has taken a big really big hit so we I didn't think we were gonna make it uh, but we're still here, and uh, heaven knows that every day I wonder what the hell am I doing but <laughs>
3: Uh, we're still here I think, I think what it's gonna take now is um, even with the marketing and and all that, I think it's gonna take a lot more hand to hand combat from the author to their fan base, um yeah,
0: you yeah. know
3: Facebook, Twitter, all these social networks all all this stuff is good, even being in bookstores. I mean, the biggest, Walmart, wherever you want to be with your book, wherever your book sits, that's all fine and dandy. But um, technology is making it so it's more affordable and more economical for a person to order a book to a little machine for a couple dollars and read that book off that machine. And no, I just think it's more, um, authors need to really start making it more personal to engage the fans into becoming a part of what they're doing. Um, You know, when I have books in my hand, there's not any reason I'm not selling them because I'm going to sell them. Um, It becomes a book is a great conversation piece. People who have never written a book love to know how you wrote that book and a lot of things about you, what inspired you to write that book. So it's a better way for you to sell your product and get to know somebody and that person, if they love what you did after, if you leave a last impression on that person, then it's easier for you the next time to say, hey, go to Amazon, go to my website, because now you build a relationship with that person. And this is going to take travel. This is going to take money. But, I mean, if you're not already a mega star and the world knows you and you're writing a book, if you're not Beyonce Knowles, and Beyonce Knowles' book is coming out, sure, she's going to sell 100,000 copies. She's known for what she does already. She has somebody right. else's millions and millions of marketing dollars already behind her previous project. So I just say to all the angels and to all the self-published authors, if you write a book and you think because you got 5,000 fans on Facebook, you're going to sell 5,000 books or, you know, you're sending links to Amazon, this is going to work, it's going to help, but it's not the end of it for you. It's, not, it's really just the beginning. You know, you have to be out there. You have to be able to talk. I know Cotton's kind of shy. I heard the story. So Cotton's kind of shy. And we got Deanna over there who's kind of outgoing. So that that two mix together. You ladies put books in your hand, get out there, walk, get every barbershop, every beauty shop, every every place you can go, this will work. This will work. People will get to know you. People will get to know you. People will say, oh, I got to buy these ladies' books. I got to buy these ladies' books. And
1: it will work. It'll work. Exactly. Exactly. It's a, if you know, you guys deal it as a group effort. Uh this is one reason why we we started this is the fact that um as a group we can survive better than we can individually. Um, you got more voices. More voices talking about the same you know, the same messages. Um or, you know, if, if you don't like, you know, time travel romance, I'm not going to push my book on you. I've got 39 other books I can sell you. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not going to push mine on you. So, I find out what you want and I say, hey, you know, I got this great, great other book that's written by some. I can sell other people's books better than I sell my own. Um, and,
3: uh, well, yeah, I'll tell you to um, reiterate on that. A little bit. Um, I was in Arizona a while back with Patty, and we were we went out to lunch. I don't know where we went for lunch at, but <laughs> we we went to lunch. We're sitting. We're in a restaurant. In the it city. was Applebee's. Oh. <laughs> well, the Applebee's. Okay, we were yeah. at Applebee's, and it was two um, two Caucasian ladies sitting behind me, probably in their fifties. And yeah. I thought I said, Patty, you got a book on you? Watch this. And she gave me a book. I turned around, got up, talked to these ladies. By the time I got through talking to them, they were digging in their purse, buying a book, a urban fiction book. So we we're, were we like? We were almost like in Scottsdale somewhere. So it's like this really works. This is the best marketing you can do. This this really works. Word Get about. out and talk to people. It yeah. don't matter it don't matter what genre they like, it don't matter what color they are you are. It, 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 I mean you have to Talk to people. People are interested in knowing about this product, about the, about the writing, world, about authors, and they write this and they write that because it, 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 it's knowledge.
1: But it, it's cool that, and I say that's that's really really important to go out and talk to people. But one thing that that I always say to people is that authors, you gotta have stock in your hands. You gotta have it. You gotta have it in your car. You gotta have it with you. Gotta have an extra one in your purse if you have a big purse. You can put one in. It's because they're, they're more than likely, and I'm talking 99.9% more likely to buy the book off of you if you have it in your hand than if you actually say, hey, guess what? You can go on the Amazon and find it. Do you think they're actually going to do it? About 1%, and I say about because actually it's less than 1%, will actually follow through. They'll tell you yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on there and find it. They may actually go on there and look at it, but they won't buy because when you're right there in front of them, and this is why Charles is successful at this, because the book is right there in front of him, and he says, "Hey, it's only ten bucks. I'll, I'll sell it to you for ten bucks." You're already making it sound like you're making them a deal. And you know, something funny about Charles is I love this story because he turns around and he hands me the ten bucks and he says, "There's my lunch money."
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so uh, that's what it takes. It is one you got to be out there, you know, beating the bushes, talking to people, and sometimes you got to hard sell. It's it's not a hard sell. You're talking about you're talking about the kids. You're saying, Okay, now this cotton is gonna be a natural for you because you're passionate about this children's story. Okay? You gotta have them with you at all times because you're gonna go up against families and whatever you're talking to, so and so, you're saying saying, Oh yeah, you know, this this is what fundraiser. You gotta have your product with you at all times. You say, Hey, yeah, we're doing this fundraising for this for this book so saying, yeah, yeah, we wrote it together and and all of a sudden the family's going oh wow they wrote the book together that's that's so cool and oh wow fundraiser yeah you know I mean that's that's a that's a slam dunk okay um, and they're going to automatically feel hey you know what, what's with a few dollars we're helping a family out and here they are writing together. So uh, that's why I got excited about that. Because it's just, well, yeah, that's just, you know, as long as you have product on you, and that's the key. You, uh, all you do is basically barely mention that, hey, we wrote this book together. This is a story we're writing for the fundraiser in order to help my kids be able to get to the strip with the with the group. And Yeah, they'll be digging through the purse, getting money for you. Okay? So the key is obviously talking to people, as number one, and number two is always having stock on hand. Now, how does this help if you're if you're just uh, if you're just a Kindle writer? How does this help if you're just a well? If you have your Kindle with you, you can uh, and just set to share. cotton. Um, you might be able to actually share that with them. Just don't, don't look into, okay? Um, and uh, so, I have
0: uh, the QR codes, and
2: you can link them to your page, so someone can just, like, you know, use the QR scanners on their, on their smartphone
0: and go right straight to the page.
1: Yes, exactly. That's what I'm talking about, So you have the links with you at all times, you can go ahead and share it with it. Also, if it's just your own story, I'm still looking into anthology, but your own story, they actually can get a signature already ready to go that you can uh, you can send the signature straight to their Kindle.
2: Yeah, I am on Kindle graph. There you go. There you go. I'm
0: sorry. So. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: She's all set. She's ready to sign an autograph, guys, so let's just get it going. <laughs> So, it, it, here's you. We're getting close to the end here. Is there a message in your book coming up, uh, Charlie's Urban Angels? That's bubbly with a kick. Uh, that you would want readers to grasp and get out of it.
2: Um, I think there's a, a bit of the story where, even for Champagne, she learned that you know, um, all good guys aren't good, and all bad guys aren't bad. Um, since, you know, she's kind of like, you know, hired by a street pimp, basically, to bring down a dirty cop, (laughs) you know. So it's like, you know, it's kind of very, you know, an interesting dynamic. Um, And then there's a bit in there about, you know, kind of like, you know, sometimes something that, you know, that seems like it's the best thing for you or like everyone's dream it doesn't mean that it's your dream, and sometimes you do pass up on what everybody else would think is like a really good thing because you know who you are and you know what works for you.
1: There you go. Charles, any parting thoughts about the series coming up? Uh,
3: what did you say again? I didn't. I couldn't.
1: Any any parting thoughts about the series as a whole?
3: Well. Um, I just want everybody to know if they listen to this to come aboard with us and you know read this series it's gonna be a great series it's just, i'm 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 really liking what we got going on here i think it's very it's gonna be very very powerful in the in the urban fiction world
0: if
1: if anyone has a story that's uh i believe we said over sixty thousand words right cotton.
0: Um, for... 60000
1: uh, 60, for Charlie's oh, Urban Angels?
3: For, you mean per
1: person? Yeah, the story, itself. So. Well, it should be... I'm trying to remember what it was. Hey, oh, yeah.
0: dollars
1: yeah. oh, got yeah. dollars yeah. Okay. Um
0: dollars for...
2: Um, of course, you know, we're definitely looking for people for Chocolate Rose 3 or Chocolate Rose 4. I know, like, you know, keep those options out there because um, Charles likes to find an angel that way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good way to go that if you if you can uh, write something sexy, then, then to try tar- the Chocolate Rose books first. as part of a group, and so it helps you to get some books, you know, your stories out. Uh gets... You get some experience under your belt, and then that way you can take a, you know, a smaller book, uh, which is the Charlie's Urban Angels. We is a smaller book. Everyone, it's not, it's not a full, full whopping thing because I want I went really uh, great chunks of uh, story there, morsels as I call it. It's um, for people to enjoy and obviously based on on the fact that if you're going to Kindle on some of these e-books, uh, they're going to be since they're smaller books won't cost as much for you guys. That way we can get more sales.
3: Yeah, I'm glad Cotton said something about that. Let me just um, reiterate real quick on her point. Um, yes, I do like finding angels like that and that was um, a method to the madness of saving um, saving my place in helping other authors because I figure if you can show me your work ethic through an anthology and for a little bit of money, because I think about other people's pockets, too. I don't want them to just be publishing and printing books and they're not doing anything with them. Uh, If it doesn't help them, it doesn't help me. So if you can show your work ethics through an anthology, um, I would love to have you as an angel, love to help you with a debut novel, I would just, you know think that's a good way to start a person out, especially a new person, because I'm really, I'm really keen to helping new authors get on their feet, you know, get started so they're not taken advantage of in the book yeah. industry. Because there's, yeah. there's a lot of people, a lot of companies set up that will take advantage of a person. They will promise them so many different things that they will not do. Well, here, I can't promise you. I can't promise you that you'll sell books. I can only promise you that you will get a book published and, I will do what I can to help you promote and sell books.
1: That is exactly right. Um, any last thoughts on what you have coming up? Uh, anything coming up uh, with you, Cotton?
2: Um well, I do know what my next two champagne stories are going to be about. So definitely, you know, this is going to be a, an ongoing series here. I definitely want to keep going with it. So I'm hoping that if you stick with it, you'll see me again. Um will be two more times so far. <laughs> That's my idea right now. Um, I do have a full one that I'm hoping to bring to people soon. Um, it was handwritten in notebooks a few years back, so I just kind of have to bring it a little bit up to date. So it's right now it's kind of like an early
1: draft, but hopefully I can get that turned around, and um, I think I think people would enjoy it. Sounds awesome! And of course, we have Char- Chocolate Rose Three coming.
2: And Chocolate Rose Three definitely <laughs> going to
1: be um, pretty hot. Pretty hot. Um. good? Let me double check on. Okay. We are coming up on the last few minutes, and I just double checking, making sure anybody in Facebook's anything. So here's your last question, and this one's a fun one. This one I like to ask people. You have successfully slain the dragon. How will you celebrate?
2: I I like that question and. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I was a weird one before that answer. Like, who's got time to celebrate? I'm out looking for a bigger dragon.
1: There you go. There you go. <laughs> awesome.
2: Not ready to start for yet. I want to keep going.
1: There you go. So everybody raised hands with a different answer. So I was always curious on on how to answer it. Um, you're definitely motivated and driven based on your answer. And so, of course, obviously, I like that. <laughs>
3: Charles, you wanna say goodbye? Yeah, I wanna say goodbye. Hey, Cotton. Ew. Are you single? Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shutting you no. off now. <laughs> no. You ladies you ladies have a good you ladies have a good rest of the day. Happy riding cotton and um Patty, you already know the badger's coming out. You know what I need already. So Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. What
1: <laughs> the What another cover.
3: (laughs) I'm going back to work. I'm going back to work right now. I'm going to watch a little bit of All About the Benjamins, and I'm going back to work on Ghetto Sopranos 2 right now. So you ladies have a good day. I love you both, and talk to you real soon. Bye,
0: Holly. Bye-bye.
3: I'm going
1: to turn him off. Okay. Um, I think it was a lovely time. I've had a lot of fun with you, Uh, and I thank you again. See the, the, the idea is that uh, I'm just going to hash over Charlie's The Urban Angels is that it says each angel has multiple stories, so even though they're shorter stories uh, or shorter books, you you're going to be taking um, well you know every few months, you know, every five or five or six months, you're going to have another champagne story out. Right. And, you know, if you have something earlier, because we're, we just let everybody know, says we definitely have somebody slotted for uh, December and into next year. says we are open for October, November, but if we don't have anybody in that slot, that's fine, because we'll work on, on getting um, getting Cotton Story out and really marketing uh, with it so that way we can uh can come out really strong for Christmas. So that's a that's plan. If anybody has a story that they think that fits that kind of premise and they want to rework it, then they can let the Cotton know. I have also put Cotton's uh, Facebook page on the chat, so that way you guys can get to it. Also, mine's on there. Um, and you have a wonderful weekend. Anything else you want to say?
2: Um, I just, you know, I want to, you know, thank my my husband, Big Lou, who's, like, the best enabler, you know, that, lets me, you know, supports me through the writing and lets me do what I do. Um, I definitely want to thank the other angels, Steve Monroe, Janique, Juanita, Sarita, yeah, just, you know, you guys have welcomed me into the family, and, you know, we just support each other, and I love you guys, and I just, you know, want you to keep going, and, and I wish you the best in everything and um, also to, you know, to you, Patty, and to Charles, like, you know, thank you for, you know, your support and your opportunities that you guys have given to me, and to, you know, those that I've just been connecting with lately that, you know, I I mean, I want to call them fans, but I just feel like they're more my friends, you know, that have been supporting me um, just with my little words of writing here and there. So, you know, definitely thank you to those out there like uh, Nakia and Crystal and, Lynn, and you know anyone out there <laughs> that might be listening. Thank you so much, and I wish everybody
1: the best. Awesome, it's been it's been a pleasure talking to you and a pleasure working with you. And everyone, I want I'm going to go ahead and uh, say goodbye to Cotton. And you have a great rest of the weekend, okay, lady? Okay, you too. Thanks, everybody. So that was Con Carpenter, and her story is Bubbly with a Kick. She's a brand-new urban uh, fiction author. It's uh, Charlie's Urban Angels. And keep a lookout for that on my Facebook page on Cotton's as far as uh, as soon as it gets... This should be done uh, right after Labor Day weekend. It will be available on Kindle first and then everything else after that. So this has been Patty Holstrand and this is K Radio and you guys have a great weekend and signing off.